Welcome to episode 19 of the Archipreneur Now podcast. I'm your host, Heath Armstrong. If you want to learn how to run a business around your music career, stay tuned for today's guest. He teaches people all over the world how to play jazz piano for free online on the side of his touring career. Stay tuned. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well then get on with your bad self. Everybody tune those keys and shake those knees because our guest today is bringing the straight funky chicken. He's as smooth as a baby's bottom on the piano and he will make you boogie, boogie, boogie with all that jazz. All the way from the windy city of Chicago, Steve Nixon. Steve, you are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? Not much, brother. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, you're welcome. Steve is the founder of FreeJazzLessons.com. Uh, he's obviously a musician, plays jazz piano, probably. Do you play any other instruments? Well, I play organ, but I, I'm a keys guy. All keys, yeah. Sexy, sexy instruments. So. <laughs> uh, graduate of Berkeley College of Music, played with some really, really talented people, some legends, Performance credits include Buddy Guy, Coco Taylor, Lonnie Brooks, J-Mo, Johnson from the Almond Brothers, B.B. King, Wyclef, Taj Mahal, John Lee Hooker, uh, you name it, man. You've slayed some tunes on NBC, ABC, WGN, NPRs, All Things Considered. Uh, over 10,000 piano lessons taught, played all over the world. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, Steve, but you're a maniac, man. What, <laughs> what, what makes music so great to you? Well, um, simply put, it gives me a reason to get up every day. Um, it's the way that I communicate with the world. Uh, it's, 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 the, it's my meaning, if that makes sense. Um, you know, there's, we all have our purpose in life, the, the way that we communicate with the world. And music provides the opportunity to showcase my talents and to hopefully improve people's lives as well through that art form. Oh, it makes total sense. And I'm a huge fan of music myself, probably my number one passion. Huge fan of jazz. Well, was actually down there at Jazz Fest in New Orleans earlier this year, which was my first time down there, uh, which was an excellent time. And couldn't get enough of the jazz tent, couldn't get enough of the blues tent, some weird stuff going on in the gospel tent. <laughs> uh, they just bring It brings out the best of the musicians down there, I think. Have you ever made it down there? I haven't. I haven't. It's on the list, though. Yeah, maybe one day you'll be playing down there. Ah, uh, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. What do you think your favorite place you've ever played was? Oh man, there's so many different places. I mean, I've, I mean, I've played in, I don't know, at least at least 15 different countries, and there's been a lot of different tours at this point. Um, some of my favorite venues, um, I there's this small little club, and I I know your listeners are probably gonna thought I was going to say, oh, you know, I, I like to play at the United Center, which is, this, you know, the the number one, the biggest venue in Chicago or, you know, the, the Hollywood Bowl. 
but there's this small little venue in Chicago and man, it seats about like 25 people tops. Wow. And, and that, yeah, tops. Right. And, and you better be ready to get like really close to your neighbor there. <laughs> and it's called smoke daddy. And I don't know why I, I always feel like I play great there. First of all, they have a really engaged audience all the time. People are going there and they want to see music and they want to see good music. So the audience is engaged. And I think it's potentially the audience energy that brings it out of me. It could be also I get to sleep in my own bed and yeah. it's only 15 minutes away from my house. You know, there's a variety of factors there, but that's probably my favorite uh, venue in all the places I've played and throughout the whole world, this small little hole in the wall venue. Yeah. You see some of the best shows in those places and you know, it might be impossible to get in the door when you hear about a show last minute, but slipping in one, I could, I can totally see that. It makes perfect sense. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of the gigs I do are, um, you know, they're, they're national touring acts. So, uh, the show's worked out, you know, there's improvisation involved, of course, but, but there's a lot of details worked out in advance. And the thing with, with these kind of smoke daddy gigs and these a lot of times end up being some of my favorites there. It's just, you know, there's, since it's encouraged for you to play on the edge of your creativity, you know, mm -hmm. to try things, you may fall on your butt, but you also might reach the point of ecstasy in terms of connecting to that higher power, so to speak, musically. So it's, uh, you know, those are those are places that encourage that type of energy usually are my favorite types of places to play. Yeah, so, so what does it feel like when you hit that point of ecstasy, when you know you're all just clicking and just killing it? Well, it's not a, it's not something you can particularly put into words is you sort of lose your <laughs> you lose yourself i guess is is the music just sort of happens by itself it's almost like you're removed from the equation so um it's 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 i don't know if you've ever meditated before but it's it's almost like a meditative experience yeah definitely every day and you know i've been on the other end of that where i've watched those types of performances and you can see that going on and i know the feeling going through me when it happens which is you know crazy and I can't even imagine from the artist's perspective how it feels. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a great point. Before we dive too deep into the core, uh, we like to start the Entrepreneur Now podcast off with a little segment we call the Breezy Threes. Just quick answers to get to know your creative side a little bit. So, what do you think your three favorite creative works are? They can be albums, books, arts, anything. Okay. Well, I'm gonna mix some musicians and I'm going to mix some entrepreneurs in here. And, um, one of the things that I've found is that they're really the same thing on the highest levels, you know, mm -hmm. entrepreneur and building a business or building a service or building a product and, and making people's lives better. There's a ton of creativity there. It's very right brains and, uh, you're, you're building something from nothing. So I have equal, uh, influence from both of them. So, the first person that I would say has been a huge influence on me is Igor Stravinsky. Um, the way he, what came before him, musically speaking, and then what he did, he just completely, it's almost like uh, living in a 2D world, musically speaking, and then this guy comes out with, uh, with his compositions and his style changing time signatures, the use of dissonance, his orchestration, all the amazing stuff that he did musically speaking. And it almost we, we it brought 
music world into uh, uh, 3D, so to speak. There were actually riots. Really? After, yes, 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 yes. People, people did not understand when he premiered his Firebird suite. People did not understand the piece initially. Okay, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't get it all. And then eventually, you know, they came around. And there was more understanding, and he ended up becoming very influential. Hmm. But I love that that power of just pushing boundaries. The other thing that was really cool about him, and this is sort of a another thing that's influenced me in a weird way, is that. Um, so, in order to build something big, your talent, your career, your business whatever you're trying to build, it requires a lot of alone time and thinking and, and hard work. You know, it's, it's, it's not always a party, so to speak, you know, it's not a, a made for TV movie where, where all the, all the hard stuff is sort of ironed out. And then all of a sudden, you know, Clive Davis comes in the club and, and, uh, 15 seconds after you put your band together, you're famous and you're on the cover of Rolling <laughs> Stone. That's, that's, that's not how it works. So, one of the things, and this could have been the era that he lived in, but you know, whenever you see pictures of him, man, he was he was in this like amazing, like tailored suit, yeah. very almost like square looking guy. But at the same time, you've got this like insane creative genius going on as well. So that's actually one thing that that I also was inspired by him by is the way that he dressed. And so I realized after a while that one of the reasons that he was potentially dressing so well is because it was there was so much uh, alone time that he had, a, it was almost like a personal pride thing just to make sure that he was taking care of his mental health because of all the alone time. I don't know if that makes sense at oh, all. Oh yeah. 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 I would have never thought about it that way, but yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, I've talked about this in several of my other interviews, but um, you know, I, at this point I work on the internet. I have all these, uh, these private students all over the world through my, through my website, freejazzlessons.com. And I could work in sweatpants 364 days per year if I wanted to, you know, but I don't, I actually, you know, I put on really nice clothing, even though I'm sitting by myself, man, in like my office most of the time, unless I have some employees over. Right. And, but I'm putting on nice clothing, man. I'm doing my hair and I'm maybe I'm just doing it for my Mac screen, but the, that being said, it helps me. And that's Igor's influence for sure. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Igor Stravinsky would be my first guy. Trey Anastasio, the guitar player from Fish. Fish. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Another influence of me, and and once again, it comes down to breaking boundaries. So, he found this beautiful balance of artistic, you know, pushing these boundaries, also finding music that people could relate to. You know, uh, it wasn't it's it's it, it was a blend of of high level art form, dance music and composition. Mm. Right. And then he also found a way to build this huge audience and this fan base, too, through what he was doing. And so that's always been an influence for me as well. And then, of course, more from an entrepreneurial perspective, um, Steve Jobs was was is was and still is a huge influence for me in terms of what he did with his vision and essentially almost never compromising and having a vision of how he wanted his products and his message to be brought to the world. So that that's been an influence on me as well. Yeah, I feel like I saw a interview with Eric Clapton. Uh, I want to say it was about a year ago or something where they, they had asked him who his, who he thought the second, or if he wasn't the best guitar player, who, who was, and he said, Trey, 
I believe it. I mean, it's everybody has their opinions, but I mean, it's it's obviously. I mean, if you a man like Eric Clapton, who many would consider one of the greatest guitar players of the 20th century, you know, he says that about about Trey. Then uh, obviously the man has some skills. Well, they're not yeah. <laughs> like he's also a polarizing guitar player. So you have a lot of people who just they hate Fish. I think it's more so they hate the fans. Mm-hmm or what it represents, but uh, I am not one of those people. I, I'm a huge Fish fan. It's actually, Fish is how I got into jazz in the first place, which of course completely changed my life, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Fish fan as well, and actually they were down at Jazz Fest this year and Clapton too, so I don't know if anything happened behind the scenes there, but uh, Mike Gordon did come out and play with Anders Osborne at a, an after show that we were at, and he walked right up next to us on the left side. He got on the piano with Marco Benevento, so that was pretty cool. Awesome, awesome. So if you had to make a creative bucket list, uh, what would your top three items on it be? Well, creative bucket list. You know, that's a good question. Um, I'm kind of in the process of of doing my bucket list right now. I mean, I Mm -hmm. wanted to build a platform for myself and get the message out about jazz. Um, and I started that with freejazzlessons.com in 2011 and I wanted to start releasing different products. So I'm kind of, I've kind of accomplished a lot of that. Now, does that mean that cool? Like let's take off the suit and tie and let's, uh, let's, let's kick back and take a vacation. Hell no. I'm still loving every second of it. So I keep coming out with more products and more videos and more more blog posts and more tips and just more of everything. So I'm kind of doing that now. I don't really have a bucket list. Like I, I need to check this off before before I kick the bucket, so to speak. You know, I'm I'm kind of like living my dream now, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I love that answer. And, and we've had a few on this show uh, say a similar thing. And I feel exactly the same way. You know, we, we do a vision board and as you kind of walk by it, you notice that you're, you're, you know, you're accomplishing and tackling some of those things, but it doesn't make you want to slow down and say, okay, I achieved it. You know, just you move on to the next step and go a little farther, uh, and not really accept ourselves for who we are, but really just create the person that we want to be. And it's amazing. Amen, brother. Exactly. Exactly. So you're obviously a very talented musician and you've made some money traveling and playing gigs around the world. Uh, now you've got this amazing resource you've created, you know, freejazzlessons.com, where you're sort of leaping into the entrepreneurial aspect and tackling your passion from a different angle. I'm sure there are a lot of musicians out there who teach lessons, but not a lot are creating online platforms and sustaining a business out of it. Uh, can you tell us where you got the spark and the drive to kind of take on this angle and sort of walk us through how you got started with it? Absolutely. So, Around 2009, 2010, 2011 or so, I don't remember the exact time, but it was around that time I had been touring a lot, a lot. And I've always had a passion for teaching. So even though I was playing full time and and touring, I also had this teaching studio going on. Now, I'm not one to shy away from hard work. I mean, like I said, I love music, even in whether it be through performance, sitting in a lesson with somebody and sharing with them licks. And hey, you know, check out this chord progression. Doesn't it sound great? And showing them, showing them the concepts behind it, so they can enjoy it too. It's all it sort of all stimulates the same type of stuff. Now that being said, 
love is a beautiful thing when it comes to your passion. But man, when you're working 70, 80, 90 hours a week, it can get a little tiring, you know, and it's not that I was fatigued with what I was doing, just the fact that I was doing so much stuff. So um, I'm on a gig in Vegas and my buddy, Joe Lilly, who um, I actually played in a band with Joe was a great guitar player, but Joe played part time. You know, he's he had full time talent, but he always had a day job. He ended up getting transferred out to a job in Vegas that dealt quite a bit with Internet marketing. And Joe's Joe's like he gets he gets Internet marketing unbelievably well. He understands the, the, the process of communicating with people. He understood sales to a certain extent. You know, how do, how do you generate interest? And but at the same time, when he got this gig with internet marketing, he learned all these very specific internet skills. Okay. So he's doing all this stuff here. I don't know much about it myself because I'm playing all the time, but I run into Joe in Vegas and Joe's like, on a gig, you know, Joe's like, Hey man, you should do, you should do a lessons website. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know, like let's add that on the list of like 17 other thousand things I have going on because I'm working 90 hours a week. Uh, he's like, I'll, I'll set up the first version of the site for you. And I was like, okay. And he, we sat down and he explained to me the process of, of essentially how I would be, how I should be delivering content and building stuff. And, and of course, you know, I've been teaching lessons for a long time. So he didn't say, you know, I know how to communicate lessons. I know how to share information. I hope at this point I know how to, I knew how to entertain people, you know, how to keep them engaged and stuff like that. But you know, he set up sort of the the uh, the WordPress platform for me, the first version of freejazzlessons.com, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I so thank you, Joe. He puts up the thing for me, and then I put a couple lessons up, get super busy with gigs again, don't even touch the thing for like four months, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I come back just, you know, I had a little bit of a lull in my schedule, come back like three or four months later, and I look at the site traffic, and it's like, oh, wow, you know, people are actually looking at these lessons. Okay, that's that's surprising. And I went to the YouTube channel, and there's like, you know, 20, 30 subscribers. I was like, really? Okay. Yeah, wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, okay, I guess people like it. Okay, so like I said, this lull in my schedule, and I get kind of motivated. I was like, oh, you know, um, I guess maybe a couple of people are watching. So I put up two or three more lessons, okay? I started getting an email saying, hey, Steve, I'm from Brazil. I really like that lesson you put up about Barry Harris. Hey, Steve, I'm from Ukraine. Can you put up another lesson on Satin Dal um, and, and use some different chord voicings this time? I really like the other voicings you put in the other lesson. And, I, and I'm and i getting these emails in and I'm like, yeah, right. You know, th- this has got to be spam or something like that. These aren't real people, right? <laughs> but they were real people. And what I started doing is I started putting more and more stuff up there and more and more people started signing up for the email list and I started hearing more and more from people. And we started building this platform um, to the point where eventually there was thousands of visitors coming to the site per day. And people kept it. It was it was it was just something like it, there wasn't even a plan of like, hey, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a full time business with staff members and we're going to try to teach jazz piano to the world. I wish I could say I had that plan. I mean, it eventually ended up being there, but it wasn't that I was just like, hey, let me throw a couple licks online and 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 uh, connect with people. And hopefully a couple people on YouTube will see me. If not, then my private students based out of Chicago will like learn a couple licks for free, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, 
I started getting, you know, tons of emails from people. People were subscribing to the YouTube channel. We're getting thousands of visitors. And, and I started getting email, very interesting emails like, hey, I really like your free tips, but uh, do you have a DVD for sale? And I said, really? Like, you know, you want a DVD? Okay, so whatever, ignore the comment. But then I started getting these like three, four times a week. Hey, do you have something I can purchase, something I can download, something I can stream, you know, that goes more in depth? After a while, man, you got to listen to what your audience says, you know? So that's when I came out with the first DVD, the Jazz Masters Method DVD, which is a study in the improvisation styles of nine different jazz piano masters. And um, I had done a blues piano DVD before, you know, I had been touring in the blues world for a long time. So, I, you know, I, it sold okay. I mean, it was some grocery money here and there. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, it definitely definitely was profitable, but it didn't have the impact because I didn't have the, the audience or the platform like I did once I released the first DVD. So I printed up 100 copies of the Jazz Masters Method because I was like, oh, you know, I sold my first blues DVD. I'm like, I sold 100 copies in like three months or something like that the first time. So this should be cool for the for the product launch. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> back it was obvious i was going to be wrong but of course hindsight's always 2020 i sold and i and i'd have to go back and look at the exact numbers i think i sold a hundred copies in like three or four days or something like that and it was like oh my god i can't believe what's happening here and so i ended up selling three printings in the first two weeks of those hundred copies and i had to keep keep printing more and more stuff in there yeah wow and that's it's i mean I, like i said i wish i could say hey I, this is going to become a full-time business and i knew in advance i didn't it just people wanted more information and so the dvd kept on selling people were, were spreading the word about it right apparently they liked the way that we were delivering information and when i say we at this point i started kind of hiring staff members and people to help me with production and stuff and, uh, you know, word of mouth, people were telling about the DVD and forums. And then, you know, I kept on hearing from more and more people about n the next products they wanted. And that's when eventually it's turned into what it is now, which is this, you know, huge community with, um, I don't even know how many people we have in the email list now, something like eleven to 15,000 people or something like that in different products. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like a business owner now and, uh, and I'm, you know, I can put up a video and I'm instantly within a couple of weeks in online, just a free blog tip video. And we've got like 5,000 views and it's pretty niche, man. You know, it's jazz piano. I'm not, it's not a cat video, you know, which is or something like that. So 5,000 views for like, you know, in a short period of time for a jazz piano instructional video is, 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 uh, is actually a pretty good thing. So maybe you can niche down a little bit more and just put a cat on top of the piano. I have a cat, but she, so lazy and I've tried to get her to go on top of the piano I was like this is gonna be the thing that's gonna make me famous and but it's just she's not cooperatives well obviously you got to that point you saw a little opportunity there and then it was really just persistence from there on you know you saw these doors that were possible uh openings for you and you took the advantage of them and tackled them because whatever you put your attention to you know whatever you pay attention to it's always going to expand and grow and whatever we ignore it basically just disappears and you paid attention and you tackled it and look at it now i mean that's a huge following and you've obviously got this 
huge trusted base of fans that are going to be there for everything that you release from now in the future. So it's super inspiring. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's definitely a passion. I mean, I'm, it's, it's a win-win on so many different levels. I mean, it, you know, we are talking about in the beginning of the interview, reason to get out of bed every day. I mean, this is, this has become, I'm still doing music. I mean, I, I play all the time when I come up with these tutorials, especially for, for my membership site, I do these arrangements and I teach them, but I also demonstrate all the arrangements as well. So I get an opportunity to, to still play. I just kind of can do it in, in my house now, which is yeah. pretty, um, so, but yeah, it's a, uh, it, I, I feel very fortunate and I get a chance to share music with people all over the world, even more so than when I was touring for a living. Oh yeah, definitely. And it, obviously as a musician, you know, you've got to be able to find these different markets because it's a lot harder than, like you said, people think to sustain a living doing it. And, you know, you got to bring that cheddar cheese and so you can eat, you know, and continue <laughs> to provide all this amazing content for your audience do you mind sharing uh, a few other ways that you are creating revenue through this website or through your uh, musician business as a whole for our listeners out there that might find some value that are maybe in your footsteps uh, looking to start creating multiple streams of revenue? Well, the way that we do it, I mean, there's there's all kinds of different ways that people can generate a living through through online marketing. I mean, obviously, you can do advertisement. Um, a lot of people monetize their YouTube videos. You know, they have uh, they let the there's a little checkbox you can you can check um, on uh, when you put up your YouTube videos. Do you want advertisement on this? And I actually, I've never done that. I've never done that. I want you know the the website is freejazzlessons.com mm-hmm. and I want the stuff that is free to remain free. Now I'm not saying I'll never do it. I don't, I don't know, but at this point it just doesn't resonate very well with me right now. Um, it's not something I'm, you know, it, it, it's never say never, never, but, but right now, man, I want people to have access to these free tips to get them started to kind of, you know, engage with with some cool chords and some cool techniques and stuff like that. So, you know, there's advertising and of course people can create their own products as well. So that's always an option as well. I mean, that's the thing that I that I've always done. Um, I feel I've I know how much time and energy that I've put into my products and and building the platform you know going back to that steve jobs influence uh, you know I, I i may be not as intense as steve but i'm maybe one degree back in terms of intense man i'll go i'll like you know i review everything and at a certain point when the business grows i'll have to hire uh a manager who understands my aesthetics and you systemize things but man i'll i'll move like little fonts over just a little bit on on things that an hour or two and you know from a purely like are we gonna think dollars and cents here is this the maximum use of my time not so much as the business owner but i also like i want things i want the message delivered in a certain way you know i I feel like the best way to help people is to make sure things are as crystal clear and as beautiful and engaging as possible so you know there's there's products you can do that as well there's also um you know people can do affiliate uh, marketing as well. That's another option. They can sell other people's products. Um, I will, I'm going to do my own affiliate product at one point, excuse meaning essentially I'm going to have an affiliate, uh, promotion where people can, you know, get commissions based off of selling my own products. 
I d I've never done that personally because I don't feel comfortable. I'm, there may be some good jazz piano products out there, but I, I don't, um, you know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people who are trying to make money is their first objective as opposed to service. And what I've in service through information and really taking care of your audience or your students or your followers or your fans. Right. Yeah. And I find that money, the irony is that if you take care of your students, your fans, your members, whoever it is you're, you're, you're trying to make an influence on, they'll take care of you as well. That's when the money comes. Exactly. I mean, so, but if you flip that script, man, I, I just don't feel comfortable with that, but there are, there isn't, there's options available. You know, if people say, okay, I want to go make a quick buck. I mean, you know, they can probably find a, a quick affiliate piano product that they can sell out there, but um, you know, you're not building a long term, and that's the other thing, man. I'm I'm not I'm not in. This isn't a fly by night thing. I don't do fly by night stuff. You know, one hit things and try to make the quick money, man. I'm trying to build relationships with people for years to come. So, you know, when you're selling mediocre products, man, that's that 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 can happen. You know, so <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, with all that in mind, what do you think your ultimate long term goal is? Uh, you know, after you build all these relationships and later down the road, uh, what what would be that one thing from a mindful standpoint or an a standpoint or an affirmation standpoint that that you really just want to accomplish? Well, I mean, I think it would be. I mean, we've already helped hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, I I think that crossing that million or two million threshold that would be really cool i mean i almost get chills thinking about that <laughs> you know hey man we've taught two million or five million or one million people or about jazz piano or improve their lives through music you know and music music has the capability of doing that you know studying an art form and experiencing music uh lets you in on insight into yourself you know plus it's fun too just on a simple level right so that would that would be really cool if we could get it up to you know the somewhere in the million mark yeah definitely i could i kind of gives me chills too thinking about that i ran yeah. a uh i started a website that was geared towards a niche in the concrete industry when i was straight out of school and i kind of I went the route of not advertising just like you because I just wanted people to be able to use these calculators and things that I built for free. And I never really checked on it too much. But then as I went back and back, I was seeing, you know, 4,000, 5,000 visits a day. I mean, unique visitors. And after three years, I was racking up three and a half million hits a year, which was insane to me. Uh, but that, it gives you those goosebumps. And it's crazy when you think about the amount of countries and, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about, would you say you played in 15 different countries just touring? It's like 15 or 17 or something like that. I, can, I, mean, I can go back Yeah. And the reach that you're getting with your free jazz lessons and you're like, I know technology plays a part in it, which is amazing, but yeah, it gives you chills and it's, it's just a, it's a feeling that, you know, it just makes you smile that knowing that you can help somebody that far away uh, for really just putting in effort, just trying to be a better person, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, going back to that 15 or 17, whichever the number is, I mean, I've had videos, my videos and my performances I've created through the site watched in over 120 countries. So that lets wow. you power the internet, right? So, yeah. you know, and I have students who are 
all over the world, all over the world now, you know, private students, members of, of my different courses and stuff like that. And that's, that is what it's all about as far as I'm concerned, you know? Yeah. And I'm a huge believer of if you just reach out and ask somebody out there wants to help you, you know, you've obviously gone through so much and you've been very persistent with yourself and developing you as a person, as well as your business. And I think there's a lot of people out there that have that fear that, you know, nobody cares about what they want. You know, if they want to learn the piano, who cares if they want to learn, if they try to reach out and get help, nobody's going to want to help them, but it's absolutely not true. And I'd love to see people like you out there, uh, you know, kicking that idea out of the way and, and putting in your own. That's just what the world really should be. You know what I mean? I hear you, brother. I hear you, man. So if you could spend one hour creating something with anybody from the past or present, who would it be and what would you create? Well, I think I would call Trey up from <laughs> Fish and I'd say, hey, man, let's jam over a couple of your tunes. And and I I that would make me very happy. I've had many <laughs> dreams where Paige McConnell, who's the piano player of yeah. Fish, you know, got sick and they called me up. And I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm probably we have we have some mutual friends in common, um, but I I don't know them personally. But I've had many dreams where somehow I got the call, and um, you know, hey Steve, you know we know you know our songs. Come on in and do the gig, <laughs> and uh, and man, those those are some of my, the best dreams I've ever had. So that so I I would say Trey would be my guy. So what what uh I have to ask what song would you want to play? Oh man, Silent in the Morning would be a great <laughs> tune to play. Um, what Bathtub Gin would be a very fun song to play. You know, uh, yeah. there's there's tons of songs. Stash would be fun to play as well. Yeah, you could have. I mean, really, you'd hit the lottery with any pick there. So. Exactly, exactly. Well, how important do you think building a network is in relation to getting into music performance as a profession? Uh, you know, if there was a little Steve out there ready to put the blood, sweat, and tears into practice uh, so he can practice, practice, practice uh, and become a full-time musician and support himself doing so. Uh, you know, how important do you think that network is and really what is one thing he can do to start building his own network? Okay, well, so we're so you're talking about sort of like local. You're not talking about just on the internet then, right? Well, it can be either or. Okay, because they're a little bit different. There's some things that are the same and then some things that are very different. So it goes without saying that you need to bring your A game. You have to practice. You have to have talent. You have to build uh, build your skills. You know, you have to be able to deliver something musically that people want. You know, essentially, you know, once, once money is exchanged hands, people are going to pay you for something. You got to be able to bring it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, now that being said, you can bring it all you want inside your bedroom by yourself or inside your garage or inside your, you know, your apartment where nobody knows you, right? You need to know people. So it's hugely important to have a list of musicians, make sure you're having friends, a list of contacts. Um, so that, I mean, that's when I moved to Chicago after I went to Berkeley, I started gigging three nights a week, my first week in town. And it's not because, I mean, yes, I was a talented kid and I had some skills, but that was because of my network at that point. It's because while I was living in Boston, 
I reached out and made a ton of connections with people over the internet. And I, you know, I had a couple friends in Chicago at that point who maybe could have opened doors. Although ironically, none of those doors actually led to gigs. It was all the the stuff I'd done through the internet. So it's all really who you know. But like I said, it kind of create a little sandwich of the message here. But once you get the gig or you get the opportunity, man, you got to hit that home run or to go with another sports metaphor. You got to, you got to, you got to dunk the ball here. You know, once you get that gig and they, <laughs> they give you the opportunity. So blow so it network, out of the park. Network, yeah, exactly. <laughs> network is everything. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. If I would have never started reaching out and talking to people and getting out of my comfort zone on the internet, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast today either. So it's amazing if you meet one person, one tiny door that opens, how much it can affect your entire life down the road. Absolutely. And just having sort of a no fear attitude. I mean, if if you are afraid of being rejected and it could be anything in your life, if you're afraid of uh, asking someone out, if you're not married, if you're afraid of starting your business, asking for a raise for your boss, uh, asking for more responsibility, um, starting a blog, you know, coming out with a new product, trying something new on your website, just, just experimenting, you know, if fear stops you, you need to deal with that. I mean, no fear attitude is really what it comes down to. I, I, my wife always laughs at me, man. I walk around cause I, I, I mean, I admit I do feel fear, but I don't let it stop me. I don't let it stop me because I'm constantly pushing the boundaries of what psychologically I feel comfortable doing in terms of where my skill set is at that point. But I know that if I sit down and do it, I can, I can, I can figure out how to do it. For example, last night, and this is super geeky stuff. I was trying to figure out some tracking codes so I could make sure that my, uh, my emails were being delivered in the right way. So I knew which emails people liked over others, super geeky internet stuff. Um, they're called UTM codes and man, you know, I'm a musician. I, I do have a technical side to me, but I know much more about licks than I know about UTM codes, but I can do it, you know, but I was a little nervous. I was like, oh man, how am I going to get this done? And what if I screwed up? What if I script all the, all the, the goals and, and the conversion and the analytics on my website? But I sat down, man, and I dealt with the fear and I pushed through it. And so I consistently do that every day. That's sort of my mantra is to push back the fear. Um, but like I was saying, my wife will laugh at me because I'll like walk around the house before I do something that's psychologically challenging and I'll like, you know, like give myself a pep talk. I'm like talking to myself and, <laughs> and, and strut, strutting my chest and puffing it out and doing all kinds of stuff or whatever I need to do to get myself <laughs> psyched up, man, to, to accomplish the task at hand, you know? Yeah, I'm the same way. Sometimes I have to do some push-ups or maybe like a five-minute meditation or anything. Uh, everybody has that fear and we, we are very big fans of pushing people over their fear limit and just letting them know that comfort comfortable is something that you can reach. You just have to take that step forward and screw it. Just do it. You know, uh, <laughs> conditions are never going to be perfect, but someday, you know, if we live in the, in the someday world, it's just a disease that will take your dreams to the grave with you. So if you want your life to be different, you've got to be willing to do something different first. And that starts with getting out of your comfort zone. So true. So true. All right. So we're getting close to uh, our time limit here, but I have to ask you this question. It, if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity and talents to defeat him? Well, wow. I think that's the best question 
I've ever had in any of these interviews. You just paralyzed me in a good way, man, because my mind just raced in like 25 different directions. That's yeah, excellent. Yeah, we, we, we want to bring out the creativity. <laughs> this is I do about one to four of these interviews per week, man. And so you kind of get a routine going and, you, you know, you see a lot of the same questions. But this this is a new one. This is a new <laughs> one. OK, so one of the things that I, I do all the time and I encourage my my students to do this is I encourage them to record themselves when they're practicing so they can listen back and find the weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And, and and oftentimes they'll also videotape themselves. And it, and it really is, it's, it's a deep dive into studying what is really going on, an objective look at your performance of, of what's in front of you. So what I would do is I would, first of all, how, well, how close is Godzilla at this point? Is he Is he right <laughs> up on top of you? I guess it depends on how fast you are. Okay, man. So let's say we can create a little distance from Godzilla here, okay? I am going to videotape Godzilla, okay? Follow him here. I'm going to videotape Godzilla, and then I'm going to keep running, and I'm going to watch the videotape here, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take a look at the way that his body is moving, and if he tends to favor one thing over the other, I'm going to attack him from the other angle. So very, so I used to play basketball when I was a kid. And one of the things that you're supposed to do is you're supposed to watch the player's hips. And if you watch a lot of the great basketball players, what they do these days is they're constantly the, 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 the way that you can drive past people is to get them off balance. Essentially, you know, you slightly find an opportunity through, through pump fakes, all kinds of different stuff. And then you have an ability to, um, you know, essentially get past them, right? So I'm finding where Godzilla is leaning just slightly. Is he, when he walks forward, is he leaning a little bit on his left? And then I'm going to attack him because now if he's leaning on his left, all his strength from the right side would be, uh, would, would, would would not be at full capacity there. So I would attack him from that end. So it starts with videotaping. Okay, so <laughs> man, this is uh that that was the the weirdest question I've ever had. That, but uh, that is thinking in depth on the fly right there. Steve. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Hopefully, I, uh, I love getting those answers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do you, before we go, do you have any favorite advice, uh, resources, or tools that you think our listeners could find value in? Well, be more specific. Um, are we talking about like, uh, hey, man, you know. I really like a good burger place and you should go here. Or are we talking about, you know, let's say there was a jazz pianist out there. Uh, what would be the number one advice that you would give them? Uh, who wanted to learn or, yes. or, or people who were just trying to enjoy the art form. Well, I mean, let's say someone who wants to learn. Well, um, it, you know, I feel that the products that we've created, I've, I've, I've devoted, my life and my team devote themselves to creating products and opportunities for people to, you know, learn in all kinds of different ways. So I, I would feel that my own products would, would be a great way to do that. Um, if they're looking for more private instruction, they could find a teacher in their area. Um, it's also very important to listen as well. So listening to the great jazz penis would be very helpful as well. Um, 
giving yourself a vision of what you would like to sound like at one point is, is, is a huge part of uh, developing your sound as well. So, but I encourage your listeners, you know, if they're, if they're jazz piano fans, please stop by the site. There's a ton of free blogs and little video clips and things like that. We have a mailing list where we give free lessons and, um, you know, let you know about all kinds of stuff we have going on as well. So I encourage them to stop by the site and get involved with the community as well. So we're always happy to have more people and more members. Yeah, the website is packed with goodies, and that'll be on the show notes uh, as well as the guest grid. So you can get to that if you cannot remember the easy domain of freejazzlessons.com. Um, so, Steve, I got to ask you this before we go. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen on tour? And you can't, you know, don't leave us hanging here. <laughs> wow wow well i'm gonna censor a few things um but there was i was in boston and we were playing at this stockbroker like this this club that was frequented by people in the financial industry and there was a stripper who was at the gig Okay. And she's dancing. And for whatever reason, man, this is just sort of like this, all these things kind of coming together at once, man. It's, it's about like, you know, one fifteen, one thirty. So the audience is already, so one of the, one of the things sometimes when you play these pubs and bars is that, uh, sometimes there's a little bit of a tighter energy for the first hour or two of the gig because people haven't had enough to drink yet. But usually after like 12, 1230, after people have had two or three drinks, man, the place gets a little crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's like 115, man, and, and, you know, you get a lot of people very happy, man. So we got tons of people dancing. The place is getting loud. Um, they put on a strobe light, okay? And then there's this stripper kind of dancing around and stuff like that. And then what she did was she, I guess she was flirting with this big wig financial guy at the bar, and he gives her like $120 in, in $1 bills, right, <laughs> while the strobe light is going on. And but what he does is he throws it in the air. He just throws the money in the air for her. And essentially, while this is going on, man, the music's sounding great. We have this intensity going on with the strobe light, hundreds of people dancing, right? And the sky is raining money. <laughs> okay, the sky is raining money. And I'm, I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? Like, like one of those times in your life, you're like, this is the, like I'm never gonna experience this again. You know. Yeah. Of course, when you throw money in the air, people are, I mean, listen, man, what are they going to get? Like five or six bucks? Like people would, people wouldn't go that crazy over five or six dollars in general. But something about the free money aspect and it falling from the sky, everybody starts going nuts and starts diving for the money as well. And the whole time, man, we're jamming on like Rolling Stones tunes and you know, I ain't got no satisfaction or whatever we were playing. At so that, that's, uh, that is probably the uncensored, uh, the the safe for for all audiences story. But uh, there's a, I've seen a lot of cool and crazy stuff on tour. So that's just one story, though. Yeah, very cool. I got to meet uh, Sam Cutler a couple weeks ago, who you know, was the manager for the Rolling Stones, and he he has a book out. And I just asked him, you know, how did you cram all the stories into one book? And he just said, you have no idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, like exactly. He's like, I took one per year. Yeah, <laughs> like these are the only ones I remember. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, besides freejazzlessons.com, uh, do you have any other ways that you 
want to give our listeners to get in contact with you if they want to? So I've started another website as well. Um, I started pianolessonsonline.com and freejazzlessons.com is very specific to jazz, piano, and improvisation. And then pianolessonsonline.com has some more styles in there. And it's that's freejazzlessons.com is incredibly established at this point. We're, of course, we're still building on a daily basis, but pianolessonsonline.com is fairly new. Um, and uh, so that's a great way to get in touch with me there as well. Um, but and I have my own personal website as well, which is stevenixonmusic.net. You hear that dog barking in the background? Yeah, I was trying to figure out if they were yours or mine. <laughs> and it is neither of ours. It is my neighbor's dog. So that's uh, that's always fun to deal with. But uh, that's Chico the dog. He's he's now internet famous. And, uh, he's 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 unfortunately made an appearance in some of my other videos as well. <laughs> course but just little blog posts i'll put up you know blog posts but uh everybody out there in internet land say hi to chico the dog i think anyway. chico might have a creative gene and chico's not a very happy dog sad, sadly so he, he probably does need a creative outlet but um anyways the other way to get in touch <laughs> would be steve nixonmusic.net but really the best way uh to get to get you know access and and more information and reach out would be through the freejazzlessons.com website so very cool steve it's been a blast you've provided so much creative value and insight to our listeners so i just wanted to say thank you you know everybody get out there and do a little boogieing alongside of steve's music while he's jamming out uh, do a little jive and savor each and every breath live a little create something make people smile because, you know, in return, you'll make yourself smile. Enthusiasm is infectious, so let's keep the ball rolling. And Steve, thanks so much for being the entrepreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky. Thanks, Heath. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.